listeners, we've got a, well, let's call this the chili pot of TV. <laughs> <laughs> chili pot. And you know, when you're having chili, you kind of, you, you have your basics, but then you end up just Is throwing this a whole Texas bunch. Texas chili or? Ooh, that's kind of, that's got some <laughs> kick to it. Uh, let me look at this list. Oh, we might have, a, might have a Texas chili, but you end up throwing all kinds of stuff in the chili. You look in the fridge and you go, okay, I need to get rid of this and rid of that. <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're having a chili pot of television. We're going to talk about some premieres, some finales, and some series finales. Bye-bye, ta-ta, au revoir. Let's oh. start off with... <laughs> Say that again. Au revoir. <laughs> oh, man. We... Uh, let's start off with... Um, FX has a new show, and I've seen them posters everywhere. Uh, Pose, which is... Uh, in its first season on FX, about eight episodes here and there. Uh, now the posters look interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know how things played out, but Crick, you got a chance to watch. Yeah, and this comes to us from Ryan Murphy, who, oh come on, let everybody know, let the people know. People really? Do we have to yeah. say it? Yes, the listeners may. We got may have some new listeners. American crime story, America, American horror story. Um, Glee, uh, all kinds of movies. He's now with Netflix and the Mega Deal. He's being unleashed. Yes. Uh, feud. <laughs> I, you know, it would take up feud. the whole episode for us to go through his list of credits. <laughs> let's let's do it. Let's do a Ryan Murphy episode. <laughs> let's do it. Okay. So this is Pose, and and this is set in the eighties, nineteen eighty-seven. So of course, he loves the time time pieces. and. It's in New York, so who was on the rise at that time? Gigi. And oh, Studio 54. Wait, I yep. don't know. You're okay. right, all of this, and Trump. Oh. So yeah. this is an interesting way to talk about Trump without literally doing it. Trump Tower is a location in the show. <laughs> <laughs> because there is a character who works for the Trump organization. I will come back to him. Now, uh, we have uh, the ball culture coming to us here at this time. And this is where you get your voguing, all of that, everybody. So what's happening is a quintessential New York story where people are coming to New York in order to be able to be themselves. Mm. Okay. So we see um, uh, a gay teenager. He leaves his home to come to New York to be a ballet dancer his folks ain't having it. Mm -hmm. So he ran away. He was living in Central Park. He gets picked up uh, in uh, essentially a family is what they call it. And there's a mother of the family. And this is a part of gay culture. So these mothers take in their children to protect them essentially. They show them the ropes. They make sure that they're being looked after. So we're introduced in the pilot episode to one of these families and uh, one of the children wants out. She wants to start her own family. So we see that interaction. She's coming out. There you go. We see that interaction, all of that going on. And this leads uh, her to meeting this kid who had to run away from home. Mm -hmm. And she ensures that he uh, continues to go after his dream of dancing. 
Now, another one of her eventual, uh, uh, another one of her eventual children, she poached from her former family as well. And, and this child is meeting up with the guy who works for Trump. Now, this guy who works for Trump has a family, okay? But he's soliciting prostitutes, okay? Now, I'm not going all the way there with all of the things that are happening here. So this is a, obviously a problem for him. Yeah. Now, this uh, other child here, and this is child in quotes, these are all people who are of age, um, but so she's a prostitute, but they have some sort of connection and what's going on there. I don't know. Um, there's something that's going on that the Trump organization as well. Um, now his boss is played by James Van Vanderbeek. Okay. <laughs> the Trump organization. He's the quintessential Trump guy. So that's there. And I will have to say this because it's getting too long. Yep. We have Billy Porter, veteran of the stage. Yes, and very, very out. <laughs> Tony Award winner, who is the MC at the ball. Ah. And now let me get into a brief review. Oh His spirit is the kind of thing you need. Billy Porter is an entertainer. That's what he is. Yeah. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's always come coming to work. And that's what I really appreciate about him. Of course, he brings the the humor, all of that. But they, look, he's doing what he needs to do. And what I'll say overall is this show is best when it's focusing on interesting characters and their backstories. Where they've come from, where are they going, the struggles that way. It's not quite as on uh, the money in, uh, in the first episode when it came to those early family, in quote, scenes because some of the acting wasn't up to snuff, I have oh, to say. Oh boy, okay. Now, much of it was fine. A lot of it was entertaining, and it is enough if this interests you, if you go, oh, this sounds, I don't even know what this is, check it out. Because Ryan Murphy certainly knows how to give you the visuals. All right, moving on to HBO Succession. Yep. Oh boy, season one. Yep. It, it, Brian Cox. I just want Brian Cox to use his regular. <laughs> He's always fooling me. Are you English or not? Yeah, I'm, you know. <laughs> He's like Gary Oldman. Just, <laughs> what are you? Why does it always? He's Scottish. Well, he's Scottish. Okay, is he from the UK or not? <laughs> is he on one of the islands well, or not? Not in this show. Okay, I know, but he never uses this. <laughs> That's what it freaks me out. Succession. Well, he's like, be quiet. I need to get my check. Hey, listen, when Anthony Hopkins is, it's in his writer. He's like, I will not do any other accent. I don't know. That's not true. But it, it seems that way. Succession's on HBO. It's, yes. it's, it's another one of those tycoon, mm -hmm. you know, companies where this guy's made millions and billions and billions of dollars. It's time for him to move on, pass it on to his kids. And he says, whoa, 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 whoa. no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm changing my mind about that. Take us into the world of Succession. Right, so it, is this like HBO's answer to Billions? Billions! Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's well, what it feels like. Brian Cox plays a guy who's kind of like Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, now he doesn't just have two sons. He has three sons and a daughter. A daughter. Mm-hmm. The oldest son is out of the business, doesn't care. Okay, so this is a media business, media entertainment mm-hmm. conglomerate they're running. Oldest son, I don't care. The middle son thinks he's going to be the one to accede to the throne. And the youngest son is not in the business or, but is he really? Like, he likes to play around. The daughter is married away in DC, a part of politics. So we see that, um, okay, this, the son who's supposed to take over, this is about to happen imminently. Because Brian Cox's character, we can see early on from the beginning of the episode, his faculties aren't all there. He's do, he's, he's 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 saying things <laughs> and doing doing things, things. <laughs> that you know you'd go okay this isn't gonna be good in the future. Uh, so yeah, good that his son's gonna take over. Well, the son is going after uh, this media, this content provider. Wants to buy them out. They have this whole bid. Things go awry. Brian Cox says, um, scratch what we've talked about. I will be in charge indefinitely. (laughs) In addition, and this is to all the kids, in addition, I want all of you to sign this little legal document, which will give my now current wife two board seats in the event of my death. (laughs) Do they agree to this? Absolutely not. Now, this spirals into not only the son who's supposed to take over, being shocked and trying to figure out how to, you know, come back and be in charge, but some of the other siblings have designs as well. Oh, new interests. And there is a nephew of his or something who just comes out of nowhere and wants some help. Now, (laughs) what is he up to? You have to watch it to find out. It was uh, Shades of that that, uh, Paul Getty show. Shades of that coming in. Now, for Succession, I've just seen one episode. Okay. The cast, you really couldn't cast better. Wonderful actors throughout here. Um, I think it's enough if you like this kind of show to check it out. We'll see where it ends up. The question, of course, is going to be, can they continue to push the plot forward in a way that's compelling. And this is something I'm saying now because we're gonna get into some other shows where they're gonna get knocked down by the critic. Oh boy. On that score. So let's Be move on. Nice. Okay, well, we're going to one of those shows. I hear. They're asking for our time, ain't they? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> you smoke crap, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> on AMC. <laughs> that was from on me. Um, that wasn't to the critic, actually. Dietland is a new show <laughs> on AMC. Oh boy. And they had a two episode premiere. Now, very familiar faces, or face, I will say. Yes. Julianne Margarish is back. She's, this is the, I mean, you know her from actually just two shows. <laughs> she, she likes to stay where she is. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the re- most recently, The Good Wife. She was The Good Wife. And then ER before that, and I'm sure she's, right. done, she's done things. Yeah, The Sopranos. But, and The Sopranos, of course. Mm-hmm. Dietland, which is 
when we were talking um, not too long ago, it was a real interesting description you were giving me. I have not seen it. Mm-hmm. And by the time you finish, I'm not sure what I'm making of it. So please share with the listeners. Well, you know, it's based on the novel of the same name by Sarai Walker. And what I read according to Wikipedia is that Sarai Walker saw Fight Club. Oh, the the movie. The movie in 1999. Yeah. Was inspired to write a book that was a female version of it. But she brought in her own experiences in uh, the beauty world and publishing world, something like that. Okay. So I'm going, okay, that's interesting. So I watched Diet Land. I haven't read the book. Um, and it's about uh, Joy Nash plays Alicia, nicknamed Plum. And she is a ghostwriter for the editor of a glam book, a mag- glam magazine. And that editor is played by Juliana Margulies. So Juliana Margulies' character is like, look, I don't have time for that. Plus, I want you to write this so I look good. Essentially, I look smart. Thanks. And she goes, look, you may think I'm stupid, but am I really stupid if I'm the one paying somebody else to make me look smart? Who's really stupid? You know, straight to camera kind of talking. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so we, there's that dynamic. And uh, Joy Nash's character, essentially all her life has been trying to lose weight. She's tried everything. So what happens is there's a department at the magazine that's run by Tamara Tooney's character, Julia. Uh, and she inspires her to meet this other woman who wants to pay her, pay Plum, to go through her program <laughs> to possibly lose weight. Okay. Now, a lo- they're all mixed up in something else. There's this, I guess, cabal of women, which is the suggestion, who are fed up with what men have been doing to women. And they are rounding up these abusive men and killing them. Okay. These men are dropping out of the sky, literally. Oh. So how is all of this gonna work together? Also, um, Plum has a best friend, the gay best friend, whom, you know, she commiserates with. She has a mother who's very concerned about her. And there's a, a detective who has taken an interest in to her. Why? What's going on? Well, you'll have to watch to find out. So the first two episodes, as the ref said, premiered. Also, uh, on demand and online, I believe, you can get the third episode of Diet Lane. Ah. The critic has watched all three. And the critic has to say that this is sluggish. Oh. (laughs) If you are gonna say, hey, I'm doing a version of Fight Club, all of that, and the promos, everything is like, oh, this is gonna be shocking to the senses. It's not. Uh Uh-oh. Again, what is your driving force here? You've got to move the plot and pick up the pace. I, look, for this kind of entertainment, I'll take Good Girls. I'll take Younger, which we're gonna talk about. So, Check it out if you're interested, everybody. But I'm just telling you, it's not the sock to the gut that I was expecting. I don't know about you. Hey, geez, Louise, diet from Dietland. Younger, which <laughs> I, I'm so not excited for you to talk about because I didn't watch it. Uh-oh. Um, I have watched every episode and usually keep up, but I did miss this one. Younger is back for its fifth season. Good gracious. And renewed for a sixth. 
And Renewed for a Six, it does, you know what, Younger gets better and better. It really does. It's on TV land. Yep, you don't watch TV land, but now here's a reason <laughs> to. Um, some of you may, but I mean, it's just not one of those readily available um, networks that we, you know, run to tune into. Yeah. But Younger is a real hit. And again, we said five seasons, it's in for six. We left off with a very confused very confused main character who had to choose make some choices and the choices were made and the question is really as you're going to talk about is she committed to going with her choice hmm. and is he committed to her Ooh. now the she here is Liza Miller played by Liza. Foster another Tony Award winner and the he is played by Peter Herman. His name is Charles Brooks, her boss. Who's married to? Well, her client. Yes. <laughs> and he's also publishing the, the book, book of the client, the, right? The tell-all, the all-tell okay. book. Yeah, about his okay, own sorry, relationship. sorry, I'm getting ahead of you. I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah, you're right, about his own relationship. Now, can, I don't know if you know this, Raph, but they actually wrote a literal book. Get out of here. So everybody, here, yeah, if you're no a huge way. fan of Younger and you want to no. actually read the book, post all of this, they do have a literal book that you can I read. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So now that we have that out. Oh, mm -hmm. by the way, this is from mm -hmm. the creator of Sex in the City. They, it, yes. And 90210, all of that. Yeah. So in season five, episode one, <laughs> we see the repercussions of this in this way. We now are in the Time's Up Me Too moment. Yes, of course. They, 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 the creators go, we have to address this. Now to me, I go, you don't have to, but they think they do and I understand that. She's dating her boss, I mean. So that's a question, but then they do a twist, of course. So she's thinking one thing, he's thinking another. Ah. Because the question is, who's the one who needs to have the time to be up for? Uh-oh, uh-oh. And how does that affect the bottom line? And what side are we going to take here? Hmm. So that's the question posited in episode one, among all of the other stuff that goes along with Younger. And at the end of episode one, because I was kind of like, mm, I don't know if you're quite managing this in a way that I would expect from Younger, where you're maintaining the integrity of your show. But by the end of episode one, I'll tell you, they said, uh, hold on, critic. No, we got you. <laughs> we know exactly where we're going in this season and we know exactly what we're doing with this topic so if you've been watching younger of course you're going to continue beyond season six even though this is season five <laughs> however many seasons they want to give it it will be fine if you haven't started watching it please i mean look when things are binge. getting warm outside yeah this is the kind of show you want oh. um i just thank them for making me smile Yes, and that's very difficult to do. Uh, <laughs> moving on to Marvel's Cloak and Dagger. Hey, I, just, hey. I, have to, I feel like I have to say it like the Cloak, Cloak, and Dagger. Dagger. Uh, dagger. Oh, happy Dagger. <laughs> Here is my she. She, thank you. <laughs> Lest I. Okay, sorry, uh, Romeo and Juliet. It's a, it was a two-hour premiere on free form. That's yeah. one of Disney's channels. And of course we know Marvel is owned by Disney. So, mm -hmm. but if it's on free form and it's Marvel, then I'm assuming that it's, there's a certain tone to ah. cloak and dagger. Dagger. <laughs> well, now 
of course, these are comic book characters. Yes. Uh, in the first uh, two hours, this is the origin story. We see them as kids. And each of them has a tragedy happen in their family. Now, this tragedy has connected them, but they don't know it. Uh, and they're in a, a dangerous situation. They could die, but this connection saves them and it unearths powers. Uh -oh. So Cloak, played by Aubrey Joseph, he has the power to cloak. Dagger, played by Olivia Holt. Well, she actually has the opposite power of light, but the light creates a dagger. Wait, now. A, mm -hmm. a literal dagger? It's a dagger out of light energy. Okay. Yes. So you'll see how this evolves in the first two hours. Now, the first two hours, a lot of it was about, you know, where they are now after this uh, devastating moment in their lives. They're now teenagers. When they grow up, you see that. They have to contend with what's left of their families, mm -hmm. right? All of that's going on. Um, one of them is in school, the other's not. And how are they going to meet again and realize that, wait a minute, when we're together, our powers materialize. What are these powers? What do I do with them? I have no idea. The whole thing that we're used to seeing. I will say though, that it wasn't enough powers no. in the first two hours. It was a bit too much in the emoting as a teenager. It's free form. And it is. I wouldn't say it's bad. It wasn't bad. I, ha I however, am impatient. So they got like another episode out of me where we'll see whether they pull it all together. They might, because I understand. They go, let's give you these first two hours, set everything up, and see what's going after that. But any of these superhero shows, anything with powers, magic, that's what we're here for. And yes, you need to give us backstory, but it shouldn't overtake the selling point. Oh boy, and mic drop, or Mike cloaked. Okay, <laughs> moving on to Nashville, which returns for its oh. final season. Nashville is like that. Nashville is like the girlfriend or boyfriend that you just kind of you broke up with a couple times, and they just keep coming back, and you're kind of mm. like, I like you, but why? I don't know. Mm. Um, but it's 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 this is the final dagger. Yes. Um, on CMT. And again, we all know that Nashville was previously on ABC and they've spent the last, what, two seasons on CMT and have called it quits. Yeah. Um, but I have a feeling they're not going to go down without a fight. That's right. And this is, uh, I mean, they dragged out this final season. <laughs> this is they like did. the third installment, the third yes. and final installment <laughs> of the final season. Um, and what we, we had a bit of a cliffhanger after the second part of this final season when it comes to Will Lexington. Oh, Will. The country heartthrob who came out of the closet, all of that. Get out, Will! <laughs> okay. So. Oh, Will. No, Will. Yeah, Will. Will, the bl yes. The blonde, Will. Yes, uh -huh. Okay, yes, okay, great. Okay. Yeah, so. I was thinking Luke. Yeah, not Luke, Will. Yeah. So yeah, this happened seasons ago. But in that, at the end of that second installment of this final season, well, we saw that Will had been using certain drugs um, to maintain his physique. Oh, no. 
you know, human growth hormone, all of that, while well, it caught up to him. And so we see where he is after that, at the beginning of this third part of the final season. We also see how is Deacon still dealing with um, his children without Raina. We're still seeing that they're growing up. You know, does Maddie want to stay in the house? She's now older. She's dating a Justin Bieber-like guy. Of course she is. Where's that going? And he has a, a best friend that is looking places maybe that he shouldn't be looking if he's a good friend. Mm -hmm. So we have that kind of drama. Uh, we have uh, Juliet is still missing. She's gone off to <laughs> to do charity work and left a daughter. Okay, left and she's still gone. And poor Avery is there to continue to pick up all of the pieces. Is he fed up or not? So these are the kind of storylines yeah, that will- that relationship. You're just like, what? <laughs> These are the kinds of things that will resolve themselves, we hope, by the end of this season. Um, on CMT, it really matches the network. It's not okay, crazy. Okay. It's laid back soap. <laughs> That's where we are here. And, I, you know, to me, it, it's, it's, it's like... Um, it's it's not the, the richest of... It's not, like the, it's not like a dark hot chocolate. It's a milk hot chocolate. Okay, moving on to, okay, this episode has so many uh, nuggets. American Woman. American Woman. Yes, that, which is on Paramount Network. Yep. It is, uh, there's a lot happening here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's its first season. There's some familiar people behind it familiar people on the screen I've seen some of the posters of this um again it's gonna get crazy yeah and <laughs> do tell a, yeah and this is a half hour show so it's a compacted craziness yes um now is it a drama is it a comedy is it a drama ah, we don't know Alicia Silverstone is back God bless her. Yes. Good to have her back. Good to have her back. She is the lead character here. And she has a husband. She has children. Um, and she's, you know, a housewife. Okay. Now, this is set in the 70s in California. Mm -hmm. And it's based on Kyle Richards' uh, upbringing, actually. The, yes, the real housewife, Kyle Richards. <laughs> okay. So we see in the first episode um, how she spends money, how she spends her time, what is her husband up to? And by the end of the episode, everything has changed. Oh. And she has to, you know, put on a big girl shoes and pants and shirts and take over. The question okay. is, what is that takeover gonna be? We have to see it episode two. Okay. Okay. Uh, so this is, what I get from watching it and the promotion, uh, what they want is for this to be, you know, kind of funny. And, you know, giving us this look at uh, women from a different lens, a feminist lens in the 70s, we get to see that. However. Oh boy, the however. In episode one, I didn't laugh at all. I didn't oh. even think to laugh. So that's why I was like, what is this exactly? Alicia Silverstone has one of the most expressive faces we've ever seen. 
Yes. That's what she does. But even here, I thought it was too much, actually, because I didn't know what was driving all of it. I wasn't quite clear. Um, but keep doing that, Alicia. I love it. We need that. I just need more in the writing, more in the pacing. Again, it's kind of like what I talked about with Dietland. You have to go further than where you are. So we'll see whether they do that. This is only one episode. Okay, let's end mm. the uh, season premieres with, not season premieres, but just premieres, period, with Bar No, wait, am I doing that right? Well, yeah, yeah season you, yeah. premieres. Mm -hmm. Marcella mm -hmm. yep. on Netflix. Oh. There is, it's returning. Yes. And the question is, I, I know you liked the first season, or, or you thought it was... You know, you reported in regularly. You didn't give up on it. Mm -hmm. Can they do it again? <laughs> that's the question. On Netflix with season twos, you've got to really... That's the tough part about binge shows. Mm. Can they do it again? Yeah. And this is coming to us from the Brits. Mm-hmm. and Daga. <laughs> it is a crime drama. Female. With crazy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Anna Friel plays Detective Sergeant Marcella Backland. And Marcella, we know, has amnesia. <laughs> she blacks out. And when she comes to, she doesn't know what she's done, how she has uh, gotten to the place she's in. Has no clue. Now, we know that um, preceding uh, the first season, she and her husband lost their youngest daughter. They have two other children. The question is, how did that come to be? That caused a rift in, in their relationship, which is completely severed in season oh. two. Oh boy. There are issues going on with their son that are explored in season two. And this time it is about serial killings. Well, the theme for that in, uh, in season two is pedophilia. Oh gosh, you know. Ugh. That's what it is. It's, it's hard. That's a very tough... It's, I don't know if I can do it. So, here's what Marcella does, because this show is crazy. There is so much in the show to try to put together. You're constantly watching, going, wait a minute, how is this going to sync up? I think that they found a box... And look, I'm not making light of this, but it's almost like they found every pedophile they could and threw it in this episode. Oh this my gosh. So the but, but they needed to do that because they don't know who is is committing these killings. It could be this person, that person, that person, or maybe people we don't even know. Every character is seemingly implicated in some way in this in ways that you may see coming and may not. Okay. So it is eight episodes. I watched all eight. Oh. I just went straight through it. And by the end of season two, Marcella is not the same person. I won't tell you why and how. She is completely different. She has a completely different outlook. And if they have an episode, I mean, a, a, a third season, who knows what the show is going to be? They how does really she remember? went all the way there. How does she? I cannot tell you. Okay. You have to watch season two and they will give you lots of answers and more, okay? So just know all of that is resolved. And by the end of season two, Marcella has changed. And the question is, what is season three gonna be about? They give you a hint. 
in the final episode, in the final moments. So yeah. Marcella, it's crazy, but it is entertaining. And if you like this kind of thing, let, let's say you watch Law & Order SVU. So it's not a kind of procedural like that, but check it out if that's your kind of thing and you want a bit of crazy thrown into it. Okay. We have to blast through these three because we are really going extending past the time. Season finale for Bittersweet. Bittersweet. Uh, on Stars, we talked a little bit about it, but it is finished. The six episodes are now all for your watching, for your available uh, availability. Yes. Um, and look, really fast, this is the one about, you know, there's a young female who comes to New York City. Yep. She, we found out that she's coming from Ohio. The cook. Go, that's Chef. right. Mm -hmm. It's not current. It's like a few years ago, let's say maybe early 2000s. Okay. She winds up at a restaurant. Uh, she wants to be a server at this restaurant in New York City. And she has to prove herself. Now, of course, she gets involved in relationships with all kinds of people at this restaurant. And of course, it's all about, can you make it in New York City? We've seen all of this. The critic has told you, and I'm talking in the third person, after the first person, <laughs> the critic has told you that he watches this kind of stuff just because there's food involved. It stands there. This is nothing new. It's all nothing right. particularly great. But if you like this kind of show, it's not a lot. Uh, Vita was also paired with it on Stars and other six episodes. I couldn't continue to watch that, though, unfortunately. Okay, where do we end with the Bittersweet? Well, with Bittersweet, the question is, did she make it? Can she stay at the restaurant, right? Okay. That's the whole thing. It's all, all about her doing this tryout. All and right, I told you what was going to happen previously. <laughs> <laughs> um, series finales. Let's... Uh, let's that's Patrick Melrose on Showtime. You've been talking about it. You were very leery about the first two episodes. By the third, it nabbed you and grabbed you in, and now it's done. Where are we? This is the Benedict Cumberbatch yep. um, show. Uh, well, miniseries, really. It's not a show. Right. Um, so where are we at with Patrick? Poor Patrick. Let's start here. The actors are sublime. Okay. Yeah, you got Hugo Weaving. You got yeah. whoever. <laughs> name no no name know him don't know him. Seen him before? Haven't seen him before. Everybody does wonderful work. Now this show is about yes Patrick Melrose yes played by Benedict Cumberbatch, who has to reconcile his relationship with his parents and his relationship to drugs and alcohol, okay? That's really what the show is about. And the question is, can he overcome these obstacles to be a better man and a better father himself and husband? Aye. So that's what the whole thing is. Now, all this wasn't clear from the beginning and I don't look things up because I don't like to do that. You tell me I need to watch it. So what I would say about the show is the first two episodes, as I mentioned, <laughs> The acting was great. I just didn't know why I was watching all of this heavy stuff. I mean, this is not light watching. This is disturbing. Hmm. So I was just like, for all of this, you're going to have to be clear about why am I watching this. Well, in episode three, as you said, Raph, the clarity came in. Episode four, I was kind of muddled again. But then episode five at the end sealed the deal. So this show, 
when it's at its best in episodes three and five, it's when Patrick is seriously contending with his past, present, and future. Is he gonna give up and stay sober, give up drugs and stay sober? Is he gonna be able to contend with his parents, his mother and father? Is he gonna be able to handle that? That's when it shines. And let me tell you in episode five, this is the kind of acting I'm talking, this is the kind of execution I'm talking about. Go there and do it. Let's not dawdle. Let's do <laughs> the work, okay? There were some lines that these people were just landing. Okay? And in episodes three and five, you also get humor. So it helps. You get tragedy, drama, and humor. That's when this is at its best. So if you're willing to go down this road, or if you're just a fan of acting. Or a fan of Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> well, hey, not just, look, you got all kinds of people here. Just doing, the characters are crazy. The, the actors just know how to nail it. I don't know how else to say it. So if you're a fan of acting or you are just willing to go there with this show, it's going to be a mixed blessing. Mm, since eight on Netflix, which is the Wachowski, uh, uh, the okay. The Wachowskis are, they, they, and again, those are the guys or the, I don't, ah, there are the folks who created the matrix. Yep. Um, created since eight. Yes. And it's, taking a bow and it, it's had it's been up and down it's had some really crazy reviews some people love it some people don't some people really don't like it some people like oh my gosh this is amazing you being one of them you've been up and down with the show yes, yes. i don't even know how you made it to the end you were furious you were great about it and then you were furious and now you're now you're what well you know the thing is i will watch it as long as there's a reason doesn't mean i'm liking it Okay, all right, there we go. So this is all for all of you. This is what I do, okay? <laughs> Unless some a show gives me a reason to disqualify it, I will continue to watch. That's essentially my standard. Uh, since a uh, Netflix canceled after its second season, but by popular demand, people were saying, hey, wait a minute, where's the finale? They greenlit a finale movie, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So this is two and a half hours. Oh, I, no, 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 no reason for no to end the whole series. Now, things have to come together because essentially the overarching narrative here is there, there are these clusters of new kinds of humans. So they're not, uh, they're not homo sapiens, they're homo sensate, whatever they call them. And they, they have psychic connections with a certain seven other people they've been born with. So they're these clusters of people. And we see that there are all kinds of clusters all over the place. And there is this entity that's trying to eradicate them. Now, one of their own is helping this organization to do it. And he is someone, he's, his nickname is Whispers. He can actually find all of these different sensates, even though they're not connected to his cluster. So he's a problem. So the question is at the end of all of this, does his side win? or not, and why is he doing what he's doing, okay? Now, the problem is that watching this show, that narrative isn't always clear. We veer off into all kinds of directions where, look, the Wachowskis wanna make statements, and it's fine. Every writer does that. 
But when you do that, you've got to connect it to the plot. That's something that doesn't happen a lot of times here. So we get into every kind of tangent. We have scenes of orgies. We have scenes of just music just happening. Just whatever they want to do. We have people giving us messages. That's fine, but where's the plot? So by the end of this, I am still someone who goes, I can appreciate a lot of it. A lot of it is just crazy nonsense. Mm. Um, but if you want this kind of explosion of storytelling, let's call it, and you don't care, you just want to see something crazy and fun, then Sense8's for you. Well, that concludes our chili bowl <laughs> of TV, our chili of TV. Yeah, okay, I think Texas TV, Texas chili TV would, would definitely be appropriate. Keep us locked on your podcast list. I mean, literally, we have all kinds of things going on here at Why Watch That. We've got giveaways! Giveaways that we're currently doing. Check it out. You can go to our Instagram account, Why Watch That. You can go to our website at whywatchthat.com. Just keep coming because we've got a lot to give. <laughs> <laughs>